This is a Squeeze podcast. We're your shortcut to being informed. This week's podcast is brought to you by BHP. Copper is a big deal in the energy transition because it's used to make electric vehicles, wind turbines and solar panels. When it comes to producing copper responsibly, it's happening now at BHP. Good morning, I'm Alice Dempster. And I'm Claire Kimball. It's Wednesday the 24th of January. In your squiz today, Morrison Mosey's on, the Medibank hacker is named, Cricket Australia enters the Ausday debate, and some Razzie-worthy films. This is your squiz today. Claire, the former PM Scott Morrison called time on his political career yesterday. He spent more than 16 years in the federal parliament and he was in the top job for almost four He says, though, that now is the time to move on after he scored several offers to join a bunch of global advisory firms where he'll focus on defence and security policy. He issued a statement confirming his decision yesterday, but he's going to make a formal resignation announcement today and then he'll finish up as the member for Cook at the end of February. That, of course, means a by-election, which, Alice, I get very excited about (laughs) by-elections. That will come in about April and... Although his Sydney seat has a pretty safe margin for the Liberals of 12%, there's going to be a lot of interest in what happens there. And Claire, there's already been a lot said and written about Morrison and his legacy. And it's probably fair to say that he is a controversial figure. Yep, controversial is a word that is used very often when talking about Scott Morrison, particularly regarding his time as the Immigration and Social Services Ministers. Uh, Immigration, he was the guy behind Operation Sovereign Borders and Social Services, he was the guy behind RoboDebt. So there are a couple of things that are mentioned quite often. Mm. And of course, as Prime Minister, there was the backlash over his Hawaiian holiday during the 2019 bushfires, um, the secret ministry's controversy where he appointed himself to five ministerial positions without the knowledge of the public or his own government, Um, also criticism over his handling of the Brittany Higgins allegations. But to coalition supporters, he won them over by winning the 2019 election when that looked very unlikely. Uh, And Morrison himself cited tax cuts and managing Australia through the COVID pandemic as some career highlights. The other big politics story that's doing the rounds is speculation that we're about to see some changes made to the Stage 3 tax cuts. PM Anthony Albanese met with his cabinet yesterday to sign off on a new cost of living package and he'll meet with Labor MPs and senators this afternoon in Canberra. So stay tuned. Time flies, Claire. It's been 14 months since the massive Medibank hack in October 2022. That's all the sensitive data of almost 10 million customers stolen. It's still considered to be Australia's biggest hack. And now authorities say that they've figured out who was behind it. Yeah, the guy's name is Alexander Ermakov. He's believed to be part of the Russian ransomware gang R-Evil. It was widely reported at the time to be behind the cyber attack, but now they have confirmation. Uh, Officials say that Ermakov, who is Russian, uh, is banned from setting foot in Australia and he also faces financial sanctions under new cybersecurity laws that are being used for the first time in 
this case. The Defence Minister, Richard Miles, says that in naming him, they've made it very difficult for Ermakov to travel anywhere in the world and enjoy the spoils of his crime. And while we're on the topic of cyber matters, Claire, experts reckon a robocall doing the rounds in the US features a fake President Joe Biden. The voice in it has been generated using artificial intelligence and the experts say that it should serve as a wake-up call regarding AI being used in the lead-up to the 2024 US election. It would have been hard to avoid the heated discussions that have been playing out in the media about this year's Australia Day celebrations. And yesterday, the Aussie cricket captain, Pat Cummins, weighed in. He has put his voice behind calls to change the date, which makes him one of the most high-profile Aussie sports stars to do that. Uh, He says that considering the history of the 26th of January, uh, this is the quote, we can probably find a more appropriate day to celebrate. Cricket Australia says that it won't call this week's test match, which starts against the West Indies, the Australia Day match or even mention Australia Day on Friday, and it hasn't done that since 2021. What will happen instead is that the match announcer at the Gabba, uh, which is in Brisbane on Friday, will acknowledge that the 26th of January holds different meanings to different Aussies. And that announcement has caused some controversy with the New South Wales Premier Chris Minns being one who wants Cricket Australia to reconsider. He said that it's a day to celebrate with family and friends and recognise that we live in the greatest country on Earth. It was our turn in Adelaide to feel the heat yesterday. The CBD recorded its highest temperature in nearly three years. It hit 41.2 degrees just after 3pm. So I'm sure I wasn't the only one hitting the beach after work, Claire. (laughs) Yeah, I'm sure you weren't. And I'm sorry to hear that it's so hot there. I think we're about to cop it in Sydney as we head into Mm. the weekend again. Um, But just back to South Australia, reports say that the highest recorded temperature was 47.2 degrees. That was at Kyankutta, which is a small wheat belt town in South Australia's Eyre Peninsula. Southeastern Queenslanders didn't really fare much better earlier this week. Um, they had a storm on Monday night that left 40,000 homes without power. Um, that region had temperatures on Monday in the high 30s and mid 40s. Uh, what they say there is that with everyone turning on their air conditioning, uh, as well as heat in the hardware that actually makes the electricity mm. happen, Um, there was a trip in the system. And Claire, we've mentioned this a couple of times this week, but far north Queenslanders are still on high alert as they wait for tropical cyclone Kiralee to be officially declared by the Bureau of Meteorology. It's tipped to make landfall tomorrow night. The Oscar nominations have been announced overnight, but first, Claire... I want you to take us through the movies that didn't thrill the critics. They'll be recognised with Razzie Awards. Yeah, I think sometimes in life it's just as important to know what not to do (laughs) as what to actually go and do. And when it comes to the movies not to watch, it seems that Expendables 4, which is part of Sylvester Stallone's action franchise, uh, it has led the pack of the critics absolutely panning it. It's got seven nods in the Razzie Awards. (laughs) and Stallone himself has been nominated as one of the worst actors of the year. Um, Russell Crowe is also up there. Uh, He is the priest in the latest Exorcist instalment. But Alice, really, tell us what we need to go and watch, what's being (laughs) recognised as the best of the year. 
Yeah, probably good to look at some positives. Director Christopher Nolan's Oppenheimer is leading the pack in the Oscars nominations. It's up for 13 overall. And it's followed by Poor Things, the black comedy drama that stars Emma Stone. It's being considered for 11 awards. And Barbie is also up there with eight nominations. But in a bit of a surprise move, Claire, Aussie Margot Robbie has missed out on a Best Actress nod. Squeeze the day, Claire. It's a good night for cricket fans. Yeah, it really is. So the BBL final is on. That's the men's big bash T20 cricket. It's the really fast and furious game. Uh, That final is between the Sydney Sixers and the Brisbane Heat. It's being played at the SCG and it kicks off at 7.15 tonight. And that's us done for today. We'll be back with you tomorrow. G'day, I'm Kate Watson, co-host of News Club. News Club this week was an interview with Lauren Sams. She's the fashion editor at the Australian Financial Review. She's all over the business of fashion and retail, so I pulled her in to talk to us about fast fashion and ultra-fast fashion. In particular, businesses like Timu and Shein, who in Australia alone are on track to record more than $2 billion in sales. Here's a clip from that conversation. What is happening is that it's recalibrating fashion as a single-use item. Mm. So when you think about something that's 6 or $7, you know, my, I bought coffee this morning and that was $5.50 and that that's a single-use item to me. You know, I, I have my coffee. Like actually is, like you cannot use that twice. No. <laughs> and so when you're talking about a dress yeah. that's sort of an equivalent price, people equate it with something that doesn't need to be valued. Um, you don't need to wear it again. To listen to the full interview, just search for News Club in your podcast app and hit follow.